This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Mm. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We just wrapped up a very spirited conversation about the political factions and rifts in the Democratic Party and a little bit in the GOP party. But now we're going to continue our political talk. We have a very special guest on the line who's actually Alyssa's friend. So I'm going to give her the honor to introduce her friend. Yes. Hello. So I'm Alyssa Fuchs and um, we're here today. We have a special interview with Eric Bjorn. Bjorn. Um, yes. Bjorn. There you go. You got it right. Um, and uh, yes, exactly. And Eric is currently the only progressive running for Congress in South Carolina's second district. Um, Eric is a public life. Librarian. He has been um, for 20 years working for the Richmond, uh, maybe not 20 years working for the Richmond Public Library System, but at least in the public library system for uh, for 20 years. He's also a single dad. He has an eight-year-old daughter. For nearly a decade, he actually managed the $2 billion economic development program called Smart State, which created academic research centers at the um, University of South Carolina, Clemson, and Medical University of South Carolina, and was responsible for the creation of more than 10,000 jobs. So we have somebody who actually helped to create jobs, you know, unlike Republicans who just say they're creating jobs. He has been endorsed by the South Carolina AFL-CIO, which is the big union, um, the South Carolina District 2 Democratic Party, and also by the South Carolina Green Party, which makes him a so-called fusion candidate. And finally, last but not least, June 14th is the primary uh, day, and he's running against a fake Democrat who is actually a Tea Party Republican who has already run three times uh, for this seat as a Tea Party Republican. If he wins, he will go on to face off against Joe Uli Wilson. Uh, so good morning, Eric. How are you? Good morning, Big Apple and Alyssa. It's great to be on. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, kind of sounds like a movie, doesn't it? does, uh, you know. <laughs> well, uh, I-, I hope it's not like the movie I saw yesterday, which is the one about Anthony Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, you never know in South Carolina. Things that get pretty interesting, but it's really great for the Palmetto State to... Well, uh, you know, we are in some bright and progressive conversation with the Big Apple today. I'm excited. We Thank also would we also would happen in South Carolina one, but we won't go there today. <laughs> um, so, Eric, you know, tell us about your tell us about your candidacy. Why did you decide to run for office in South Carolina too? And uh, you know, what do you want to do if you get elected? Sure, sure. Well, it, long and short, is four years ago I walked into my polling booth and saw the most villainous uh, henchman of the one percent, Joe Wilson, unopposed on a ballot. And I thought, this is you. You've got to be kidding me! Absolutely, you got to be kidding me! Right there was sort of uh, germinating the seed to run for office. And you know, I had a lot of tests to give myself and a lot of work to give there. Two years ago, I walked into the booth. And there was status quo Joe. By the way, I don't call him by that other name. We all know him for because after eight terms and fifteen years, all he's brought South Carolina District Two is shame and the nickname. So I call him Status Quo Joe because he didn't like that. But that's all he's done, is brought a shame and a nickname. But anyways, two years ago, I walked in, and this time it was Joe Wilson versus a fake Democrat. <laughs> this is even worse. Um, people are being hoodwinked. Um, and so I gave myself a series of personal tests. I was really inspired by one of Bernie Sanders' early um, town halls here in Columbia, just down the street from where I live. And I realized that if I didn't stand forward, the only other name on that ballot would be a fake Democrat. So here I am. It's been an interesting journey so far. I did want to make one correction. I haven't been formally endorsed by the state party yet, but by individual counties. Got it. So we're got still it. waiting on the state party to come through with an endorsement, given the particularly unique situation. 
Um, so, Eric, can you tell us, so what is it that you want, what type of change do you want to bring to South Carolina? Uh, what can people expect if you do win this seat? Well, what's really interesting are the series of progressive candidates that have really arisen across the state and all of the districts. Of course, you have James Clyburn, who's the only Democrat um, in any of the uh, federal constituency. But in short, our campaign slogan is there's a better way, because after 15 years, it's been nothing. Absolutely nothing. The state of our roads and infrastructure is horrible. You could overflow the USC uh, stadium and people in our district alone that don't have health care and that don't have high school degrees. We're in a crisis situation. We lost a lot of our manufacturing in the last couple of decades in South Carolina. But there's a new knowledge-based manufacturing core that's really burgeoning across the country and coming into South Carolina. Well, this is fantastic, but these companies need educated workforce. And we are way down on the bottom when it comes to education. We're usually way down on the bottom when it comes to many things. But the program that I managed for eight years, the Smart State program, we had the director of technology of Microsoft, former director, come into South Carolina, evaluate our program. He said, oh, my God, this is the best program of its kind in the country. We were recruiting researchers and engineers from all over the world with large endowments in our senior research institutions. And when they came, Companies followed them in droves. A huge bus manufacturer in Colorado named Proterra just up and moved to South Carolina to be for, near four automotive engineering professors. So this is the future. The future is brains. Around brains is innovation. And when you have the brains, companies coming into the state, guess what? The best and brightest students stay. They don't go on to Duke or NYU. They stay here in South Carolina, and then they innovate. That's that's a really good point. So the question I have for you, Eric, is, is are you going to try and amplify this if you're elected? And if so, how are you going to make that happen? If, you know, if you're just one person. Like, do you have do you have support behind this? Well, I think so. Absolutely. I think that, you know, Steve Spurrier, a famous football coach, one of the most wonderful things I've ever heard somebody say in South Carolina. When he his first press conference, he looked out at the camera and said, I can't do my job and we can't win until you start to believe in yourself. And as I've gone out on the campaign trail going to, uh, everywhere, you know, the five counties in our district, Aiken, Barnwell, Lexington, Orangeburg, Richland, I, I go into rooms and I see people who have been pushed down all their lives. They no longer believe they can win because it's been since 1879 since we had a Democrat or a, a liberal or progressive candidate in this seat. But when I leave the room, people are cheering. I'm getting standing ovations. People are starting to believe in themselves. They just needed somebody to come in and say, hey, folks, we can win. <laughs> we have been convinced for so long to vote against our own self-interest. I have talked to Republicans everywhere. He, Bill Wilson is hated. He really is despised. People are ready for change. You they know, were ready for change eight years ago, and they're really ready for change here in South Carolina right now. Eric, what I find really interesting is that you seeing the horrible job that Joe Wilson has done in your state, the fact that he just maintains and sticks to status quo, um, and the fact that you've been inspired to unseat him, like you've been inspired to run against him. I think that, like, for me and, like, for other people, we don't necessarily take those steps because we feel like the political party itself is almost like an illusion, right? You can't really make change from the inside. You have to make it from the outside. And we were just talking about that earlier, about how a lot of people on the Bernie and bus movement are like, you know, if it's not Bernie, I'm not going to vote at all because the political system itself is corrupt. So, you know, you having such, you know, a strong passion and resolve to make change, you know, why do you think that the best way to make change is to go work for Washington? Well, you have to, (laughs) somebody has to stand forward. I'm going to go out and stand against Goliath. But really, honest to God, my entire career has been nothing but maintaining impossible collaboration. Smart state program, getting 
the three senior competitive research institutions to work together, luring industry and academia together. Um, we even had the Speaker of the House as a Republican and the governor was a Democrat that started the program. They were working hand-in-hand together. Um, prosperity, at its heart, inspires collaboration. And, you know, this is the job of government. And it's what separates Republicans from Democrats, ultimately, is that we believe that government is good. We, the people, are government. And government has a job to do. And when it links and protects individuals, communities, and industry, it's a powerful, positive force. You have to believe in that, and you have to work hard at it. Um, and that's something I'm willing to do. You also have to look at the Goliath on the battlefield and go, no, I'm going to stand forward. Yeah, you know, it's an old tried-and-true biblical tale, David versus Goliath. But what people often forget is that David knew he had the upper hand. He was the expert with the slingshot. He didn't need armor. Right. Now, that makes sense. So, you know, we only have a few more minutes, Eric. I wanted to ask you, other than some of the things that we mentioned, what are some of the other platforms or, t- you know, issues that you're running on, and what are your plans for them? Um, and I'll actually ask you both questions now, just so you can answer them successively, and then you can uh, ch- kind of tell uh, our listeners how they can find out more about you before we finish this up. So the first question is, what are some of the other issues? Are you really focusing on them, and, and what you, what is your plan? Um, I guess pick two. I know you probably have more than two. And the other one is, <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned that uh, you have some Republicans that you believe are supporting you. Um, how are people in South Carolina taking to your candidacy, and, and how do you think gerrymandering might affect your chances of beating Joe Wilson in the general yeah. election? Yeah, well, let me begin by saying one of my primary concerns is indeed the primary, uh, June 14th. And we have a special situation in South Carolina because there's a fake Democrat on the ballot. He's a three-time Tea Party Republican candidate who's trying to pull the wool over everyone's eyes. You know, the fo- hey, I keep telling people the hen house is broken, but when there's a fox in the hen house, you got to take care of the fox. So I keep hammering on June 14th to everybody. Most of the times you walk into a poll and you go, oh, I'll emerge, and, you know, a good, a good Democrat will come up, but well, not this time, because there's an actual Tea Party Republican who's got ideas that are so outrageously aligned with Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, and voters aren't informed. So that's one of my primary concerns, is I've got to let people know your vote on June 14th matters like never before. Go to the polls and vote Bjorn, B-J-O-R-N. Okay, so, I mean, that is definitely a primary concern. Then we get to talk about the issues, things that really matter to me, and things that I know are going to draw Republicans in so we can beat Joe Wilson, and things like infrastructure. And we were just struck by a 1,000-year devastating flood that the whole world sat and watched. My whole, my whole world all around my home was underwater. And the potholes were already bad. But guess what? Republicans and Democrats drive over the same potholes. They fly from the same airport. They drive over the same bridges. And nothing in the Republican Congress is being done to fix this from sea to shining sea. I mean, I think a lot of people can get engaged in this and go, you know what, I'm going to vote Democrat this year because I know Bernie or Hillary or their plans say we're going to pump hundreds of billions of dollars into our infrastructure and put hundreds of thousands of people to work. WPA Part 2 is going to happen under a Democratic president. That, that is simply number one. Number two, if I had to pick only two, the other one would be health care of the human rights. You know, 32 of the 50 governors in our country picked up the pen and expanded Medicaid. In our state, 300,000 of our poor South Carolinians still do not have health care because Nikki Haley won't pick up a pen and expand Medicaid. Because people like Joe Wilson continually vote to defund and disband Obamacare. Which, thank God, President Obama, you took it as far as you could. Now it's time to take it to the next step because health care is a human right. I was in Barnwell County, one of the most rural counties in our state, only 20-some thousand people yesterday spent the day with Representative Hosey, right? 
Barnwell's Hospital just got closed down. They don't have a hospital in the entire county. Wow. If, if you get sick, if you have a, some, some life-threatening injury, you have to be carried to the county hub in the next county. By the time the ambulances come and then get you where you need to go, you're dead. There's a health care crisis in South Carolina and across the country still, and Republicans, we know. If Donald Trump, if Joe Wilson, the henchmen, go back into power, we know what's going to happen. Things are only going to get worse. I totally agree. So, Eric, thank you so much for coming on with us. Uh, in the last, uh, like, 30 seconds, could you just tell our listeners where they can find out more about your candidacy and just, uh, you know, again, reiterate when the election is. If we have any listeners that are listening who are in South Carolina or who are in New York but are absentee voters from South Carolina, uh, make sure, uh, South Carolina too, that is, make sure you go out and vote uh, for Eric, um, and he's going to tell you when. Sure, and the Republican machine is against us, so we could use your contributions too. My name is really unique. It's easy to find on Facebook, um, A-R-I-K, Eric Bjorn, B-J-O-R-N, Eric Bjorn. Look it up on Facebook. You'll find our Congress page on Twitter. And our website is bjorn2run.com, B-J-O-R-N, number two, run.com. Bjorn2run.com, Eric Bjorn. You can find us on, on Facebook. We're really engaged in social media all day long. Um, we, we need support nationwide. After we get past the primary, the whole nation's going to be watching because I'm going to really pummel Joe Wilson day after day after day after day, and give coverage that's needed to the Democratic presidential nominee. You're going to hear my name again and again. Thank you so much for having us on. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. We really appreciate it. We wish you all the best in the primary on June 14th, and we look forward to seeing you square off against Joe Wilson uh, in the general election. Definitely. We're rooting for you, Eric. Uh, On that note, we're going to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're going to talk about segregation in schools and how it's almost worse than it was decades ago. Stay tuned. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. WHCR 94.3 FM, New York.